This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. We are super excited about this series that we're launching today. We're going to be spending the next three weeks in it, today, next week, and the following week. Amber, can you be quiet? We're trying to start. I'm just kidding. That's my wife. That's why I did that. You're in trouble. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're starting to see. <laughs> You're laughing right now, dude. Oh, I'm laughing now. I'm going to be crying later. That was a bad move on my part. Bad move. Her mom's here from Tennessee. I mean, it's, that's a double bad move. I'm just, all right, you guys, I'll see you next week. No. Um, so we're starting a new series that we're calling CC Conversations. And so if you've kept up with us on our podcast, after each series, we take a special podcast where we release something called CC Conversations. And what we do is we sit down as a staff and we discuss the content of the previous series. And we bring kind of some different angles, some different points of view, and discuss it a little more in depth than we have just the 25 minutes allotted on Sunday mornings to talk about. And so if you haven't, I would encourage you to go back. Um, I think we started in our Jesus for President series, I think is where we started um, doing the CC conversations, just because it was such a heated uh, topic and we wanted to bring more clarity to the table. And so kind of springboarding off of that, we're going to have a series here on Sunday mornings where we do kind of the same thing. So we're going to have a a different panel each week over the next three weeks, and we're just going to kind of discuss some of the questions that we asked you guys. So we put out a form online that said, you know, ask us questions, some things you want to know, some things you want to talk about that maybe the church is not talking about, and uh, we'll go for it. And so essentially, though, let let me just make this very clear. We're not calling this a questions and answers series. Because our goal is not to give you neatly packaged answers to your questions. This is going to be more of a question and response. So we're going to give a response that's going to bring different perspectives. It's going to bring different ideas. It's not saying we're not up here to try and indoctrinate you to think the way that we think or to believe necessarily the way that we believe. All we want to do is we want to offer information from our biblical perspective and say, hey, you know, this is kind of where we're at in the conversation. And hopefully the goal of this is to be a catalyst to be a conversation in your life. Does that make sense? And so the conversation doesn't need to end right here on these, on these couches. We were going to get a fern on that side and a fern on that side and call it between the two ferns. If you've ever seen the Zach Galifianakis thing, it's incredible. <laughs> and so we we're going to do central church between the ferns, but um, we decided not to be a little bit more appropriate than that. So wh- what we're going to do is we're going to have just a conversation. So today we're starting off and we're going to talk about uh, politics and racism. Yes. <laughs> and a hush falls over the crowd. Listen, we're doing this in week one because this is the easiest one to talk about, okay? So you, strap on your seatbelts. It's going to be a crazy couple of weeks. But um, politics, you know, it's, it's super interesting because of all the people in this room, some of us take politics very, very seriously. You know, we, we are very involved in our local politics and in our state politics and our, our, our uh, you know, national politics, and we serve and we volunteer and all this stuff. Some of us are super serious. Um, others of us, I mean, we're, like, ready to go to blows with our family over this stuff, right? We're like, we take politics super close to heart. Others of us uh, take politics a little less serious. I'm pretty sure someone in our church voted for Jim Bob Cooter, who is the coach of the Detroit Lions. I'm pretty sure that someone in our church voted for him for president, So some of us don't necessarily take politics as serious as others, okay? And it could be any, it was me that did that. It could be anywhere in between, 
right? It could be someone super serious or someone not super serious, but politics are something that affect all of us. And so we kind of wanted to talk about that, and we had some questions about that, and then we're also talking about racism this morning. And some of us have experienced just the, the, the absolute terribleness of racism firsthand. Some of us have experienced it secondhand through a family member or through a friend, but all of us have experienced it because it's real and it's prevalent and it's alive and it's relevant in the here and now. And so when we discuss these things, it's going to be super personal for some of us and some of us can be a little bit more distanced than other things. But what I hope that we can do is that we can all approach these conversations with empathy, that we can all approach these conversations with grace, and that we can all approach these conversations with understanding. And that hopefully we can just start a conversation that leaves this room and you take it to your car with you, you take it to your lunch with you, you take it to your house, to your family, to your workplace, and this becomes a conversation that you can have as well. Does that make sense? So I'm going to pray and then we're just going to jump right in and, and start answering these questions. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the time of worship. Thank you for the graduates, man. I mean, six, seven months ago, we had like no students and now we have like people graduating high school and everything. It's just, you're doing so much in the life of this church and it's so encouraging and so exciting. God, I pray this morning that you would be with our conversations, that you would bring clarity to our communication. You would bring clarity to our thoughts and to our ears and to our minds. And as we approach this, that, that you would just be all in the mix of all of it. We love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Everybody said? Amen. So we put out these forms and we collected uh, questions and so we got, we got tons and tons of questions. And so essentially what we're going to do is we're going to throw out some of them and then discuss them sort of corporately up here. And so we're going to start sort of with the heavier questions first and then move into something a little lighter, okay? So the first question that I have is for Chris and I want to throw this one out there. Um, this came in on one of the forms that, that we took out there so it's a little heavy. So here we go. Should Walter White somehow survive and start again? <laughs> that was a real question on one of our real, forms. That was a real question for sure. It was. Um, should that happen? No, I don't think you should. No. Okay, this, do we know who Walter White is? Okay, we do. Okay. All right, so this is, okay, obviously it's a hot topic. Yeah, yeah, of course. Every, every, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know who that is, yeah. Who's Walter White? Yeah. Oh, man. Who does oh, not man. know who Walter White is? Okay, look around. Those are the people that are More saved. People. More Those people. Those are the people that are going to heaven. Those of you with your hand down, watch out. <laughs> hand down, man down. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Move on. Yeah, Rich, yeah. a little, a little let, let's like be for real now. Um, did OJ really do it? That was one of the questions that was also submitted. Yes. Because, because, uh, because, uh, so, so, um, there's this Christian rapper, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, his name's Rick Ross, but, uh, Rick Ross has a, has a skit on his, uh, latest album with Chris Rock, who's a Christian stand-up comedian, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Chris Rock, uh, Chris Rock actually <laughs> talks about OJ and he says, he's like, um, you know, he's like, man, you know, OJ did it. And he's like, here's why. And this is his words, not mine, but they're, I think they're true. Um, he's like, <laughs> oh, because when, when black people are really serious, they automatically say, I swear to God, I swear. To, and he's like, in the whole OJ hearing, you never heard him say, I swear to God, I didn't do it. 
that's OJ's way of admitting that he did it while still trying to say he didn't. <laughs> so uh, as per Rick Ross and Chris Rock, who are like the highest level of, you of know, theology. Mor moral figures. Yeah, that's, and that's like the yeah. top of human intelligence. He did it. He sure. did it. Yeah. He did it. If they say they did it, he did it. So. <laughs> okay. So if you need to pretend like you have to go to the bathroom <laughs> and you need to leave because of all the heresy that's already taken place. Um, feel free. Um, but no. He, no, he's not going to the bathroom. He's going by the Rick Ross album. That's yeah. Right. He's like, oh, I didn't know he was Christian. I'm down. <laughs> I push it to the limit. I push Ooh. it. I push. Um, anyway. All right, let's get for real, though. Um, so, like I said, we collected a lot of questions. And so we've kind of paired these questions together and made sort of a super question that answers, you know, uh, three or four submissions that were given, and so we narrowed it down to politics and racism for today. And so the first question is dealing with the politics, and it was this. It says, how do we incorporate our faith into our political views, or should these two be separate? How do we incorporate our faith into our political views, or should these be separate? And so these were kind of the questions that came forward. So what, what is, what, what's your response to that? How do we incorporate our faith? Well... All I got to say is, you know, anybody heard of, you know, Salem, the witchcraft trials, government, faith? I'm just kidding. Uh, I think that everybody in here is like, I've never seen the crucible. I was so too, listen, so. you're going to have to go back on the podcast yeah. to catch all of these little little jokes that are going to come out of Rich's gonna be There's going to be a lot. Just I, so you know. I'm like, okay. Rich so. is just a constant stream of references. Yes. You have to like sort through the references to yes, get I'm what he's really trying to say. Yeah, go to factchecks.com, I think is what it is. Or? <laughs> So we'll save the fake news for later. Um, I think, um, so obviously there's, you have people that talk about um, separating, you know, like, you know, sep separation of church and state and, uh, you know, separating. You got to be able to detach from your faith uh, when it comes to things in the political arena. There's a lot of people who, um, you know, who agree with that, that line of thought. I think for me, um, it's, it's more about um, letting your faith inform your decision-making, understanding that we, we're still dealing with uh, politicians and we're dealing with politics in general. Um, so when you do that, you bring so, – I mean, think about a church. We're all here to, to worship God and, and to seek God, and there's so many different viewpoints and political ideals in this room alone. Right. Then you take that to government and all these other things, and when you're talking politicians um, – you know, that are just trying to come up with the best packaging and sales pitch, um, you, I think we have to understand that you're never going to get 100%, you know, pure uh, motives or pure thoughts or ideologies from these people. Even if they uh, claim one thing or, or, you know, claim another thing, most likely it's not really that, that clean cut. And so right. um, I think it's for us as people and us as voters and us as people who buy into that, it's letting our faith that should inform everything, like your, your faith should be central to all of that, um, letting your faith inform your decision-making, but not holding so much to the political correctness of it or, or the, the, the faith aspect of it that when you encounter other people who disagree or have other viewpoints that it makes you... Uh, defensive or it makes you pick one side or the other. Um, you know, when, when faith becomes bipartisan or, or anything like that, it's like uh, I think we're missing the point. So for me anyway, how I navigate that is I think um, it's just letting faith inform those things uh, but not pretending that America is going to be a Christian run nation or that 
any president's going to be, you know, gift from God uh, completely and all these things. And so um, I think they should marry and they should inform each other, but I don't think it should be um, as black and white as we make it. Okay. Right on. Chris, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so that word politics, like it, it kind of comes across as like a bad word, you know, and we don't like to talk about it. We don't like to say it. But if you really, if you think, like if you trace back that word politics, like back to its origin, um, we actually get it from a Greek word. And essentially that Greek word meant loosely, it was kind of used for a lot of different things, but loosely it meant pertaining to cities and the people that live in them. Okay, so when, we're, when, we're, when we use the word politics, we think like, oh, that's kind of like taboo. It's like a dirty word. You feel a little but, bit dirty. Yeah, let's not yeah. use that. That's right. like, you know, I don't, I don't like to, I don't get into politics. But here's the thing is like politics, it, like bad politics is why Flint has bad water. Right? Right. Like let's be real. Bad, good politics is why Madison Heights has clean water. Right? And then yeah. like for every pothole that you go over and you go oh god that like destroyed my car right and you get mad like don't be mad at the road be mad at your government because <laughs> yeah. like they're the ones that are supposed to fill this in right so from anywhere from like road infrastructure to clean water to yeah. all the way up to our president and foreign affairs and everything like politics is essentially the way that we govern ourselves yeah. in our shared common life together. Yeah, it's like the inner workings of our community. Right, right. Yeah. And so when we really talk about, like, what it's supposed to look like to have your faith inform your politics, um, man, politics is all over the place. Right. You can't get away from politics if you look at it that way. Now, politics, I think, has turned into something, especially in our country and yes. in our world, that, that is completely different from... I mean, it does, you can't strip it back anymore to just well, do we have clean water? Do we not have clean water, right? Because we have, like, there's money and there's fame and there's, there's like, power and there's, like, all these things that get tied into it. But I think that really at the base level of it, politics is a good thing. Politics is something that we need to be actively involved in and that we need to be talking about. Mm -hmm. However, like Rich said, it's important to understand that I don't think there is a politician that we've seen, like, ever <laughs> that <laughs> that was, like, man, this guy could be basically Jesus, right? Right, Like, right. we've never seen that. And so, with that being said, we have to understand, like, there's not a party, like, sorry to burst people's bubble, but there's not a party that's God's party. Right. Right? There's not. Um, there might be one party that you agree with more, and that's totally cool. And you have the ability, you have a vote, you have an opinion, and all mm -hmm. of those things. But with that being said, I feel like there's something that's going on, like, above the whole thing. Right. You know? Yeah, and I know we referenced it a lot um, in our in our series, Jesus for President, um, and I know I said it numerous times during uh, that series and during the whole political season, was that if we are ever putting our hope in a candidate, or we're ever putting our hope in a party, or we're ever putting our hope in government whatsoever, then you're going to be disappointed every single time. And you're going to be let down every single time. If your hope is in policy, if your hope is in politics, if your hope is in the government, it's not going to work because it's flawed, it's human, it's, it's money, it's power, it's all of these things. If your hope is in anything but Jesus, it's in the wrong thing. And so the problem is, I feel like in this, in, with, when we try to use our faith and our politics and marry the two, I feel like the lines get blurred so much that, that our politics sometimes take the place of Jesus, and that can't be. 
We got the talking heads on our TV all day long telling us every move of every politician and every move of every state. And it's like, listen, that's cool. That's how we govern ourselves, whatever. But that's just a thing. It's not the thing. And I think the problem is when we get it twisted and we make that thing the thing. And we put our hope in that. And when there's a new president, we feel like our whole world is falling apart. And when we lose this policy, we feel like, oh, nothing's going to get better. And we say, man, there's a bunch of hungry people, a bunch of homeless people. Maybe we should elect someone who can do something about that. What? (laughs) How about you do something about that? You know what I mean? And so I think we get it twisted when we put our hope there and we take our hope away from Jesus. And we take our hope away from the cross and the gospel and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked. um, If you guys want to check out the podcast, I think it might have been third week. It was either the second or third week in our Jesus for President series, but uh, we talked about when Jesus says, and some of you guys may be familiar with this passage, but um, basically some Jews ask Jesus if they should pay taxes yeah. to the Roman government. It's like Mark and, twelve seventeen. Yeah, it's in Mark and in Luke, and like, yeah. it's in a couple different accounts, but yeah. But um, basically the way that it breaks down is, I mean, they ask Jesus this superheated question. This is a very, like, tense question. He doesn't have, like, if he answers one way, he's on one side. If he answers the other way, he's on another side, which is like that's all, you know, that's pretty much all of our politics now, right? And so um, they ask Jesus this question, and they say, hey, should we pay taxes to the Roman government? And Jesus holds up a coin, and he says, whose image is on the coin? Now, the, the word that he uses there for image, the yeah. Greek word that was written down was icon. It's E-I-K-O-N. And that icon word actually means, like, image. Like, it would have been a direct, like, recall to Genesis 1. And so when Jesus says whose image is on the coin, he basically says it like in a way that would be better translated like whose image is this coin made in? Okay? Now when Jesus asks this question, he's talking to a bunch of Jews who have this understanding from Genesis 1 that we are all made in the image of God. Okay? So when Jesus is asked, should we pay taxes to the Roman government? Jesus goes, well, whose image is the coin made in? And they said, well, it's made in Caesar's image. And he's like, okay, well, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God the things that are his. Essentially saying all of you and all of mankind is made in the image of God. So, like, there is an element where it's like this coin, this money, this politics, this government, this, like, your road infrastructure, your clean water, your, your foreign affairs, your, your whatever it might be, your presidential election, sure, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Like, you have a vote, use it, that's cool. Like, do your best, vote your conscience, whatever. But on top of that, remember to give to God the things that are his, which means, like, you're created in God's image. Yeah. Like, the kingdom is so much bigger and higher than this whole thing. And, like, we believe that the politics of the kingdom looks more like Jesus saying, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, you know? And, like, we can go through all the Beatitudes. Like, Jesus is essentially saying the way that we change the world is not by electing the right person. Like, that might go a little bit in, you know, the way that our government is set up. That's fine. Like, that's a thing. It really is. It's important. Go for it. But Jesus is saying, like, if you really want to change the world, like, if you really, really want to change the world, then, like, you need to, you need to live the kingdom. You need to act like yeah. Jesus, you know. Yeah. And, and the more that we do that, I think that, that we'll be a lot better off. And like you said, our hope won't be disappointed because right. the kingdom is ever advancing. Like, right. And, you know, America might not be. And that, that's okay. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, that's huge. And so, yeah. So if you are looking for more information on that or you want to go a little bit deeper or check out some of the things that we referenced just now, I would encourage you to go to uh, centralchurch.cc slash podcast and scroll back. I think it was back in November, late October, early November. Yeah. We did our Jesus for President series, and I think we spent, what, four or six weeks, something like that. Yeah, it was a while. It was a while. <laughs> yeah. We spent some serious time uh, talking about kingdom politics, talking about uh, you know the government, talking about how that all kind of relates to Jesus, and I, so I know a lot of the questions that came in were regarding politics, and so that means it's something that's on your mind. So if you missed those series, I really want to encourage you to check that out. And if you have questions about it, email us, Facebook us, let us know, because we would love to have a conversation with you. We would love to continue to sort of share these thoughts and share some ideas and hear some of your ideas as well. And so that's kind of, should, so the, the, the overall, you know, should we incorporate our faith into our political views, or should these be separate Guys, listen, our faith should be incorporated in everything. We talk about this all the time, that it's not Jesus, then this, Jesus, then that. He's not at the top of the list. It's not Jesus, then my family, Jesus, then my job, Jesus, then my politics, Jesus, then my life. You know, it's not, it's don't put Jesus first. You put Jesus at the center, and he's the center of our orbit. So it's Jesus in my family, Jesus in my job, Jesus in my politics, Jesus in everything that we do. And there's a big perspective shift when that happens when we put Jesus at the center rather than Jesus at the top of the list. And so does our faith in influence and incorporate our politics? Yeah. Does it incorporate and influence where we work? Yeah. Does it incorporate and influence everything that we do? Yeah, it should. And so that's where our hope should be. It should be in Jesus. And so if you want to continue that conversation, check out the, uh, the uh, Jesus for President series that we did. But moving along so that we can be time sensitive and all that, I'm going to move on to the next question uh, really quick. And so what came in, it says, why is the church like as a whole, Big C Church, not Central Church, but the church, so quiet in the discussions surrounding social justice issues. And then they had in parentheses, racism, politics, homosexuality, all of those different things. So why is the church so quiet in the discussions surrounding the social justice issues? So um, I kind of just want to stick more towards the racism, politics thing today. Um, in week three, we're going to be talking about sexuality and all that. So we'll, we'll get there. But... Um, you know, why is the church, and, and you guys' thoughts, why is it so quiet in the discussions surrounding social justice issues? Um, so <clears throat> I'm, from the, I'm from not like the true south, you know, but like down south Bible Belt area, uh, Florida. Uh, I worked at three churches prior to this one, and um, uh, there's kind of, from what I've seen, uh, the maybe the first reason I think is... Uh, not first, like, this is the main reason, whatever, but one of the observations I've made is that a lot of churches, depending on where they're at, um, but, but a lot has to do with the culture and a lot uh, of, like, the region that they're in, the, the, the uh, different things that play into that, the, the way of life, all those things. Because, and I say that because down south, uh, the way that they do church is, and not every church, but the churches that I've been a part of, um, there's almost like this, we're not going to talk about those kind of things uh, because we're going to talk about church things. And we're going to talk about only kingdom things. And, uh, you know, to us, we, re we, we believe Jesus in everything, so those things need to be talked about. But down there, it's almost like we're going to avoid that because we're going to let the news handle that. We're going to let other people handle that. But, you know, here, brother, we're going to talk about being, you know, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, all that. And I'm not, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not mocking 
that in and of itself, but but it's a very, um, I don't know, it's a very one-track-minded, uh, almost comes across just... Um, I don't, I don't even know a word to put on it. I want to say arrogant because there's this kind of, you know, that kind of subject matter is below us. We're going to talk about what really matters, um, but, but those are things that really matter. And so I think that's one observation I've made. The, the other more common observation I've made is I think, uh, and I don't mean this as stupidity or, or anything like that. I mean uh, ignorance just in the most, most general sense of not really knowing where to grab onto, how to relate, how to convey it, what voice or what words to give it, uh, especially when we're talking racism. Um, you know, the churches that I've been prior, uh, been a part of prior to this, when, when you know, police shootings happened or, or different things like that, um, it never got talked about. And when we talked in staff meeting uh, uh, about why it's not getting talked about, it was like, well, you know, I'm a white guy. What am I going to say to to black people about black people? I'm not going to tell them anything they don't already know, you know. And there's this kind of like ignorant, uh, uh, ill-prepared um, kind of way of approaching it to where people don't want to say anything uh, that gives anybody else a reason to make them the next meme or hashtag or whatever it is because you get up there and you might mean well and you start running off at the mouth about things and then you say something completely dumb and then you know next thing you know it's like ka-chink you know and then you got Anderson Cooper talking about how you're a bigot and a moron and you know you're trying to talk about things you don't really know about you know and and I think it's just a broad stroke of just we don't know what to do we're not doing enough research or talking to enough people. We're not trying to cross the lines enough to really gather that or feel that or be a part of the, the impact that that's having on those in that community. So we're just going to avoid it altogether because we don't want to misstep. We don't want to offend anybody, and we don't want to uh, take too much liberty in that because we just, frankly, we just don't know how to approach it as, uh, uh, you know, and also I've worked in mainly white churches, and so um, coming from all white, you know, church staff and everything, they just don't, they can't find a way to relate, they can't comprehend how they should go about putting that out there. They know that it needs to be done, but they just don't know where to start or how to do it, and so a lot of it I don't think is ill-intentioned, I think it's just just ignorance to it, I don't, I don't know where to go, what to say, yeah. how to feel for that, you yeah. know? Yeah, totally. Um, so I can only really speak from what I've seen. And, you know, obviously I don't have the entire perspective. But um, the first thing that comes to my mind, I kind of have like three three main observations. Of, but the first thing that comes to my mind is that the church is just behind, like in general. And like we can be honest about that. Like uh, we talk about it in staff meeting all the time, how like the art direction or like even the music or the things that the church is talking about or even like, uh, you know, we see these these memes or these trends going on in, in culture, and then it feels like five years later, like, the church picks it up, yeah. you know? Um, and, like, if you're interested and you want to, like, hear that explained in depth, you can talk to Seth, because he's, like, he'll he'll get on his soapbox about it. <laughs> he's passionate. <laughs> but um, Passionately cynical. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, we can be honest about that, and, like, a lot of the time the church is just behind, and I think that that is part of it, is just a lot of the time the church is not on the front lines of culture, and that is our fault. 
it completely is the church's fault as a whole. Um, and so that is something that we need to work against. But um, the, the other thing that I've noticed is, is that in the church, because we have so many different opinions, like I had talked about at Offering, like, we're, we're like a family, but we, we're exactly like a family. We're like, you get together and you fight about politics, and you get together and you fight about, you know, ideologies, and even like theology stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, like in this church, there's just such a diverse representation from so many different people, and I think that, that part of the problem is in our culture, in our time right now, and especially with social media and the whole thing, like what I've noticed is an increasing amount of like, you, you, people will just fly off like very short fuses, you know? And so once you say something that somebody disagrees with, they shut you out mm-hmm. and they turn you off, you know? Yeah. And like we do the same thing too. We just don't want to recognize it or admit it. And so like when we are talking about some of these issues, like I remember back when uh, the, the week that Alton Sterling was killed by police officers, and then Philando Castile was killed by police officers, and then the Dallas shooting happened where police officers were killed, and it was just, like, so heavy. There was so much tension in America, and it was just, like, no matter what side you're on, like, I have friends and family that have been in law enforcement. I have friends and family that have been discriminated against by police officers, and so, like, when when you talk about these things, like, we had this week where we were, like, Oh my gosh! Like we had a, we had a whole series planned and everything, yeah. and we were talking in staff meeting, and like we were even like calling each other outside of staff meeting. Like, how do we talk about this? Like, we have to yeah. say something, but what in the world do we say? You know, because everybody has a different perspective. There's like, yeah. there's a reason why people think the way that they think. You know, mm-hmm. and so like I could talk to, you know, my uncle who has served in like prisons are not served in prison he's worked in prisons his whole life um and he like he is very informed when it comes to the law enforcement side and he knows how all that goes down and he knows what it's like to be disrespected and he knows what it's like to be like on edge constantly you know like he's oh, yeah. he's been in that world and then like i like i've had conversations with some of my black friends that like there was no reason that they that they needed to be treated the way that they were treated and they right. were still treated that way and right. so like when you have these experiences and, like, you have these different people that all get together, how are you supposed to say something that's going to be, like, unifying for all people? Right. You know? And I think that that's something that, like, that's not an excuse. It still needs to be talked about, and there still needs to be the gospel thrown into this whole mess. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's what we need. However, that is what makes it a little bit more difficult Mm -hmm. to talk about you know, in the church. Yeah. Um, and, and then I think the other thing that I've recognized is, um, and this was another thing that we talked about back when that week happened and we were talking about saying something. The thing is, is like, what are you going to say that's going to fix the problem? Right? Like, what are we, and especially like, like the pastoral staff here, I mean, like Rich and Carmen bring some color in, Leo brings some color in, that's really awesome. But like, but like, We were, for a long time, very predominantly white, right? Very vanilla. Yeah. And so, like, what what are we going to do? Is Sam going to come up and talk about how difficult it is to be a black person in American society? (laughs) No. No. Right? Um, That would be ignorant and stupid to even do that, right? So, um, 
even with that being said, like, what are we going to do come, to come up here? What are we going to say from the stage that's going to change people's mind? What are we going to say from the stage that's going to change the way that society interacts with each other? You know, yeah. that is not going to happen. And so I think that really where, where the, the good stuff is, where the change actually happens, has to be in conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I don't want to go too much longer, but, like, uh, the day after all of that stuff happened that week, my wife ended up being at uh, Quinn and Kayla. Quinn's downstairs with the kids today, but my wife ended up being at Quinn and Kayla's house. And if you guys have met Quinn, he's 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 a African American guy that goes here. And like when I was talking with him after uh, all of it happened, I was kind of like getting his perspective. And like he told me stories, like things that he's experienced. And uh, then he also told me stories of like friends that he has that are in law enforcement and stuff like that. And like so to have this like really broad, diverse like perspective come come to me like that was so informative we talked for like an hour and a half about all this stuff because it was like on my heart and it was on his heart and we were just we talked about it and when I walked away from that conversation I, I told my wife I was like I mean that's not something that we can say like necessarily from from the stage because that's an hour and a half conversation yeah, right, right right but it's a conversation that we need to have yeah right so I think that that's where the that's where the good stuff is that's where the change actually happens yeah. is like it's, it's interpersonal. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change society from saying something at a church on a Sunday. Right. You're going to change society by actually making those relationships, hearing those perspectives, and, like, having that, uh, I, I guess, having your eyes opened in that way, you know? Absolutely. Um, so I remember the morning that Philando Castile, uh, well, the, the news broke that he got shot, and I was laying in bed, and, you know, all these things are, are still, like, fresh on your mind, and... Uh, for those of you who don't know, a lot of a lot of people wonder, like, are you black? Are you part white? Like, um, the answer is yes to all of it. I'm every. I'm kidding. Um, my dad is my dad's full Puerto Rican, but he's. I mean, he's 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 dark, man. He's dark. And uh, if you didn't know any better, you'd think he was just straight up African American. Um, my mom is white, and um, so my whole life growing up, I got accustomed to hearing racial slurs. Um, you know none of which I'll throw out here, but, you know, just let your imagination run wild. Uh, racial comments about my parents being an interracial couple and, and different things like that. And so I never really felt any of that come alive or I never really paid any attention to any of that until a lot of these things started happening. So when, uh, um, you know, we're, we're seeing all these people start coming up that are being mistreated by the cops and, and, and uh, you know, Sandra Bland and all these things. And then with social media, you're seeing all the videos before they can even be taken down or be censored or all these things. It, it kind of awakens something. It, well, I'll speak for myself. It kind of reminded me of a lot of the things I experienced or a lot of things I saw my, my dad experience. And, and um, the morning that Philando uh, was, uh, that whole thing broke, I remember sitting up in bed and I was holding my phone and I just was like staring at the phone screen, watching the video, seeing his child in the back seat and all these things and just crying. And Carmen came in the room and I'd like to say she was out making breakfast, but she probably wasn't, I don't know. But she came walking back in the room and she was like, what, what's wrong with you? And I was like, like I couldn't even talk. I didn't, I didn't even know what to say. And I was like, An- <laughs> another one. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, I was like, uh, DJ Khaled. Anyway, and so I was like, it, it happened again. And she's like, what? And I was like, I just handed her the phone. And I just sat there and just cried 
because it almost felt like being suffocated. It felt like, when is this going to end? When, when is there going to be somebody that speaks up and says something? When is somebody going to just become a little bit more savvy to this and try to get in front of it and try to give voice to it? And so I guess from, from my angle, and, and I won't pretend to have the full experience that a lot of uh, uh, my black friends or even my father or people like that had, but being, I've been mistreated by police before uh, and had racial slurs thrown at me from police before. My mom also served as a deputy sheriff in Colorado when we lived there. And so I've seen both sides of it, but what I can say is that it felt like I was being suffocated. I just didn't know what to say, didn't know what to do, didn't know what to think. And I remember just feeling so maddened by it. Like literally, am I going insane? What is happening right now that all these things are going on? And I remember going to church and sitting in service, just praying that for myself and for everybody else who who felt the way I felt about it, the pastor would get up there and just say something, just say something. And nothing came. And we went all service and nothing happened. And, you know, we waited till the very end. And I'm like, okay, maybe my brother's going to throw something in here right now. And, you know, whatever. And nothing came. And I remember getting up, walking out, getting in my car, going home, all these feelings still raw and just feeling so cheated almost that something so huge had managed to fly under the radar while people are stomping and clap, clapping and having a blanket thrown over them in service because, you know, that's how the Holy Ghost has to move right now, but we can't take five minutes to talk about a human life um, and the injustice behind it. And so what I'll say is, is there is there much that the church can say if we don't know exactly? Is there much that we can say that will go change your viewpoint or change society? Uh, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Chris is right. You know, I don't know what I would get up and say in that vein either to try to make it seem like I knew what I was talking about. But what the church has to do, what the, can I swap with you? I think I'm dying. What the church has to do is say something. Say, say something that brings hope to the situation. So we can't get up there and pretend like we know everything, but we can get up there and say, listen, if you've seen the news, if you've seen these things happening, then you are not ignorant to the fact that there is a lot going on right now, that the nation is heating up with these things. There's protests everywhere. I won't get up here and, and act like I know what you're feeling, what your family's feeling, what Philando's family's feeling. But what I, what I can say is this, is that whatever side you stand on, God loves you, God loves them, God loves the cop, God loves Philando. God is wanting to, to know that every family in that situation and every person in that situation that is being affected by this, he wants his presence felt by them just as much as the other family on the other side of the line. And, and making statements like that, it doesn't bring a whole lot of resolution to it, but it does bring hope to it. And you get up and you leave feeling like, man, God, God's still in control. Yeah. This is not too out of, out of hand for God. And, and that what we have to do again is bring Jesus right back into the center of it yeah. to, because it's real easy, man. Like when I was, I'm not even gonna lie. I started getting cynical and bitter. And then I'm driving down the street. And when a cop throws on his lights behind me, you can ask Miguel, we were driving the other day, a cop threw on his lights behind me and I, my hands were shaking like this. Cause I didn't want, I didn't like real, I didn't want him to ask me to get out of the car cause it's happened to me before. And, and, all that, and so all these things are running through my mind, and, and I could just imagine 
all of the people that right now are afraid to pull their car over because they don't want to be the next YouTube clip. They don't want to be the next ones. And so there has to be something that's said. And even if we can't align with that by experience, we can align by that by understanding that God is a God who loves everybody involved in the situation. That's so huge. When we were talking about this before, you know, before we got up here, we were saying that, that change for all of this lives in the conversation. That was something that came out. I don't know who said it, but that was so powerful. It's probably me. Um, just kidding. <laughs> it definitely wasn't me. That's why it was so powerful to me. But that, that true change lives in the conversations because we were talking, what do we do? I mean, okay, micro level, yeah, you have conversations. Macro level, how does that apply? And I shared with these guys that um, me and Quinn actually, who's, again, downstairs, he's the guy that's constantly wearing Michigan State stuff. Mm. Um, Quinn and I set up a meeting with the city manager and the chief of police and the couple of the deputy guys, and we sat down with them in Madison Heights and just said, hey, guys, we want to talk. We just want to have a conversation about this stuff because it's real, it's happening, and let's just have an open dialogue here. And, and, and it was super life-giving and super powerful for that to take place, but essentially what we were saying is that any sort of change that's going to take place is going to take place in conversations. And if you don't know what to say, that's Okay. Just say, hey, I don't know what to say, but I know that God loves you, and I know that I love you, and it's not necessarily where you stand on an issue, but it's who you stand with, right? We talked about that a few weeks ago, and so um, that's huge, and I think having empathy is huge, too. We were talking in house church. I know we're running a little bit late today. We're almost done, but in house church this past week, I was talking with someone, and they shared that they grew up in like a KKK town where like they were notorious historically a KKK place and they didn't get their first black person in their high school until their like junior or senior year of high school was the first time that that happened and I was like my mind was blown and so understanding that person's perspective and then coming from my perspective where um yeah I'm a white dude but I grew up in Detroit and I was the only white dude on my block you know what I mean and so I've had a completely different experience than this other person but recognizing that and having grace with that and having understanding with different people's experiences, different people's perspectives, but any sort of long-term change that's going to take place at this stage is living in conversations. And so the conversations are so important. And so that's partially why we wanted to launch this series is to get the conversation going. And so the goal of this, again, real quick, let me throw a plug. If you have, if you have any more thoughts on this stuff, on how to neighbor, how to relate to other people, we just came out of a series that we called How to Neighbor. It's on our podcast, and it talks about having a perspective of love, how our protocol is service. We have to have a position of mercy, and then the practicality is keeping in step with the Holy Spirit and how that can change you as you relate to other people. And so we have entire series dedicated to these questions that we're talking about, but this morning, the goal is that you take this conversation to your car with you right now. The goal is that you take this conversation with you to lunch. That maybe you ask someone to lunch and you guys talk about this. You take this conversation to your sphere of friends. You take this conversation to your workplace. You take it with you. And so we're not going to do any sort of responsive song at the end of this. We're not going to do anything like that because the goal of this is that we just started the conversation. Now you guys continue the conversation. That's the point. That's the idea. Because racism is a real thing. Politics are a real thing. And they're prevalent things to all of our lives. And so our goal is to get up here and just kind of talk about it a little bit, share some ideas, share some perspectives. But the real, real win is if you guys take it and you continue the conversation. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get out of here. And that's it. 
And that's kind of how this series is going to go. We're going to talk about this stuff, start the conversation, and we pray, our hope and prayer is that you continue the conversation with us. So let me pray uh, for us. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for the, the freedom and the safety that we have here as a church family and as a church body to talk about things that are poignant, talk about things that are real, talk about things that are relevant, talk about things that are happening in us and in the world around us. God, I pray as we leave this place and we talk about these hot-button issues where, where they're so polarizing and so divisive that we would use you as the source of unity and that we would approach these conversations with empathy, we would approach these conversations with grace, we would approach these conversations with an openness and an understanding. God, we pray that you would be with us and continue to bring clarity. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review,